I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and welcome to this 26th episode of Men With Spirit on Radio Karam. This is a show where we encourage men to get out of their heads and more into their hearts, to be authentically connected with themselves and with others. Hi, I'm Steve Angel and today we have a very special program in store for you. Now you may have noticed that I haven't yet introduced my co-host Peter Anthony. Well, that's because he isn't here with me. Now, we haven't broken up. It's because today we are broadcasting a special podcast where Peter was interviewed by Joe Batmutsky from the Simplify Cancer podcast. Now, you may remember Joe from episode 24. He's an author, coach, and speaker and host of the Simplify Cancer and the Power to Be Happy podcasts. On our show, Joe shared his story about having testicular cancer and how the lack of information about the recovery process led him to create a podcast to help other men understand the cancer journey after diagnosis. After our episode, Joe invited Peter to be a guest on his podcast and share his lived experience about having prostate cancer. If you've been a regular listener to our show, you will have heard that Peter commented about his cancer experience, but we hadn't yet taken a deep dive into his story. So when Joe suggested he interview Peter, we knew it would be the perfect episode to broadcast on our radio show. Prostate cancer affects one in six Australian men in their lifetime, and more men die of prostate cancer than women die of breast cancer. Yet discussion and awareness around prostate cancer still remains hidden, mainly partly due to men's unwillingness to talk about it, or perhaps the uncomfortable feelings it may bring up as a result of potential side effects like incontinence and erectile dysfunction. With Are You OK Day coming up on the 6th of September this year, encouraging us all to check in and have deeper conversations with each other, we felt airing this interview would be a positive step in the right direction to encourage more conversations around prostate cancer. So let's get to it. Here is Peter Anthony being interviewed by Joe Patmutsky on the Simplify Cancer Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here on the show, Peter Anthony. Welcome to the Simplify Cancer Podcast. Thank you very much, Joe. It's uh, It only seems like the other week <laughs> that we were talking in the studio for uh, Men With Spirit at Radio Karam, and uh, I was delighted when you said uh, or offered me the opportunity to come and join you <laughs> on, uh, on your podcast. So uh, thank you very much. I'm really pleased to be here with you. And by the way, Peter, thank you so much again for having me on your show. I love and I absolutely adore what you guys are doing because it's so vital. So thank you for having me. Thank you for what you're doing. We're going to get into that, of course, later. But Peter, first of all, what I want to really start with is I want to ask you, what was life like before cancer? Okay. Interesting question because I've been thinking about that. Uh, about this question, uh, Joe, and I'd have to say for me, I don't look at uh, my life in terms of um, pre and post cancer. Uh, in um, in my case, I was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, 
in uh, uh, was it early 2021. But, uh, and, and as you'd know, in the case of prostate cancer, um, it affects one in six Australian men during their lifetime, which I found quite amazing. Um, I, I'd had no idea that it was that common. Anyhow, but um, I'd say everyone's journey is different and their, their frame of reference is different and, and it's based on their beliefs and experiences, their values and support network and so on. But um, to answer your question, what was life like for me? I'd say I was very, uh, was and still am, uh, very committed to my personal and spiritual growth uh, with an organisation called Sphinx Spiritual. And um, I was practising in various healing modalities, which I'd qualified in. And I was also a uh, enjoyed being a part-time school bus driver. And prior to that, I'd had um, a corporate career going back over decades. So it was uh, so I've been doing the bus driving for about seven years, and it's something that's quite different to what I did previously. So life was reasonably happy. But I did have a sense at, uh, at that stage of wanting more in my life. And um, so there was a dis bit of a dissatisfaction that uh, I felt that there was more that I wanted out of life. So, um, but that was basically how life was before I um, got my diagnosis, I suppose. So tell me this. I mean, I find it fascinating that you mentioned that you've had the sense that you want more from life. Mm -hmm. I think that that's uh, so. When you talk about that feeling, that sense, has that changed for you the way when you look back on it now? Um, because of the cancer or uh, because of your life experience? Oh, look, um, my uh, yeah, uh, over the years, I've increasingly realized that um, I was dissatisfied with life and that I had a deep knowing that there was more to life than I was experiencing. And that, um, uh, look, I, I'd, I'd looked at different sort of um, religious and spiritual and cultural beliefs and I've tried to find something that, uh, um, is, uh, that made sense to me, that gave me a sense of fulfilment and uh uh, hope, if you like. So uh, I, for a long time, you know, going, I, this is going back, you know, 30, 40, 50 years sort of thing, I've been looking uh, for things that made sense to me, that gave me that greater sense of purpose in life. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic, Peter. I, I uh, commend you for really looking after, you know, your well-being and knowing that deep inside you want more and that you deserve more from life. Mm. Let's come back to, you know, the, the your story around cancer, because we all kind of have this moment when you find out that, that, that you have cancer. We all hear those those <laughs> words, whether that's from a specialist. I mean, what was it like for you? Um, I had some elevated PSA readings for a little while, but my GP said, look, perhaps we should go and get, um, go and see a urologist and get a check that. So went and did that. And, but it really, it brings home the importance of uh, all blokes, you know, just getting their PSA uh, checked from time to time, because I had 
uh, when you were sharing with you uh, with us your experience the other week, um, you were able to identify that things weren't right. Whereas in my case with uh, uh, the PSA, everything's fine. I mean, say so I felt perfectly fine, nothing wrong whatsoever. So when I had the the, the PSA high, relatively high reading, um, uh, that was in January 2021. The urologist confirmed a month later that I had prostate cancer. I then had the biopsy, CT scan, ultrasound and all, and it confirmed that I had a, a very aggressive form of cancer and I had a very high Gleason score. So you think, oops, this doesn't sound good. And yeah. uh, <laughs> um, But I accept that, look, it is, it is what it is. And again, it gets back to my spiritual beliefs, I suppose, and how I look at life. And... Uh, so I just accepted, well, look, let's just get on with it. And um, But even with those high scores, um, it was five months later before I was operated on. And I think partly that was because of this uh, whole way the government um, managed this uh, the pandemic. So uh, I was scheduled for a radical prostatectomy and... Um, but only uh, about, a as I understand it, about a third of the operating theatres were, were actually available at Frankston Hospital. So even though we had this huge backlog of people that, you know, primarily cancer, um, they weren't being see seen to. So I had a wait of five months, even though I had, uh, you know, quite, um, quite uh, aggressive cancer. So, but anyhow, I had the operation uh, was very positive, and I was extremely grateful for the team that looked after me. Um, my belief is in karma that we um, we will go, we will pass when we're meant to pass, um, except for murder or suicide, which is not meant to be. And I believe in reincarnation. So it was um, for me. Uh, I as an acceptance that okay, I've got cancer. It is what it is. Do the best I can, and if I'm meant to pass, I'll pass. Uh, if not, well, just get on with it. And it was interesting. Since then, I've gone on to do quite a lot of things that I feel very um, pleased about. But the other thing I I have Joey's belief in um, cancers has either a karmatic or an emotional underpinning. So, again, with that knowledge, I set out to um, try and do the best I could. Uh, so, whilst I was waiting for that operation, I, in terms of how I reacted, um, whilst I was waiting in those five months on this, you know, supposedly top of the wait list sort of thing um steven steven angel and myself got um the men with spirit group in frankston underway and so we had about five months of having weekly meetings before i had that first operation so that was a even though we talked about it beforehand we um we decided look let's just get on with it and that's what we did so um in no way shape or form did i see the fact that I had been diagnosed with prostate cancer as a reason why I shouldn't throw myself into something that I believed in. And that's what we did. Yeah, that's fantastic, Peter. And 
Uh, you have quite a stoic approach, uh, at least to my ears, about how you you tackle it. Uh, it seems like it's a very you know you, it's it's something that you kind of really took on uh, in you know uh, in in your stead, so to speak, and uh, which I think is really powerful. That like you said, goes in line with your spiritual beliefs. But I want to ask you about the people around you. Mm-hmm. Peter, like your, you know, your family, your friends. I mean, how did they react, and 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 did they really support you in a way that that you wanted to be supported? That's an interesting question, Joe. Because um, at first, I was I was a bit reluctant to even tell people that um, the reason I was going into hospital was because of prostate cancer, that sort of thing. I was just saying, look, I just need to have a procedure done on that sort of thing, and. Uh, and then someone pointed out to me that by not sharing the the full reality of what I was going through, was um, it wasn't fair to other people because it didn't didn't give them the opportunity to um, uh, express compassion, to be supportive, to truly understand what was going on, and. So when it was explained in those terms, it changed my thinking entirely. I thought I'm actually denying people the opportunity to be loving and concerned and compassionate. Um, so therefore, I, I should be upfront with people as to what's going on. And it's up to them to decide how they're going to react to it. Now, what surprised me, there were some people that um, I was just blown away by just how loving and supportive they were. And, uh, and and it brought me to tears in terms of what they did for me. And there were other people uh, who I expected more on of who um, surprised me in a negative way, shall we say, that they weren't as um, supportive or as understanding or as compassionate as um, I, uh, I was hoping for. But... Um, uh the, the other thing that happened is I, I'm a, I'm a Hanuman healer, uh, which is a form of emotional healing. And uh, I also had the benefit of um, that form of healing, um, concomitant healing and homeopathy. So I had a number of um, specialist practitioners uh, that were able to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, able to help me during that time as well. But... Um, Overall, I was really overwhelmed by the the uh, the love and the support uh, that was shown by some people. And the thing is, I didn't want pity. Um, that that wasn't what I was after. And uh, by and large, I didn't get it. I think people just tr- treated me um, with compassion and um, and gave me the support I needed, which I was very appreciative of. Yeah, that's fantastic. So tell me, like. Did you? How did you communicate? Um, did you tell people, uh, like when you say you were communicating, like what was going on in, in a very direct way? Was it you communicating what you expect from people or were you like direct about your experience? How did that work? Um, well, prior to the operation i suppose i um those gave people a heads up that i was going in i was going to be in hospital on such and such a date and of course because of all the um uh, the, the pandemic uh, restrictions the government introduced uh you couldn't have any visitors or anything so uh that sort of um 
uh, face-to-face support was wasn't there. So, um, but I'd keep people up to date in terms of how things were going. Uh, people would come around after I got out of hospital, that, and that's the whole experience when you come out and you've got to try <laughs> and, you know, no one prepares you for that. And I came out of it uh, not at all well prepared. But uh, I did get a lot of support, people bringing around meals and, and all that type of thing, which was great. Um, but uh, if I needed help, I just asked for it, and it uh, seemed to be there, which was great. And um, my uh, my son, who's up in uh, northern New South Wales, he uh, he very, very kindly, uh, on a sort of weekly basis leading up to the operation, he kept on sending me sort of care packages with uh, a, a handwritten cards and little gifts and that sort of thing because with the restrictions, of course, he couldn't come down and all this sort of thing, and they had a business up there as well. So it was lovely to get those little care packages each week um, from him <laughs> and his partner. Yeah. That's fantastic, Peter. I love hearing that, that you, you had people – cheering you on and, and just being there for you because I think that's so vital, so vital in a difficult time. And as you say, in a time of a pandemic when everything is up in the air and you're trying to figure out like you know, how it all works anyway. So so uh, good on you, Peter, for really, <laughs> you know, sticking through it and, and really doing your best with such a, um, I think, po- like really positive um, attitude. And, and, and spirit. Um, now, also, Peter, I know that, you know, in when we go through our cancer experience, I think there's a lot of change that's going on. And sometimes we have to, we have to face decisions, you know, but possibly about treatment and, uh, you know, there's different potential options. I mean, mm-hmm. did you, were you in a position where you had to make a decision like that? And if so, how did you really go about it? Yeah, look, um, good question, Joe. I I was very fortunate to have um, a really good team um, of uh, surgeons, urologists at the uh, at Frankston Hospital, and I uh, they encouraged me to look at the different options. So the urologist explained the surgery option, so that was really good. But I also had a consult with a, a chemo specialist and the uh, radiotherapist as well, just to look at those options. And they gave you a lot of uh, books, excuse me, um, and um, uh, material to read and just look at the pros and cons and all that sort of thing, which I did. And that's when I decided that the path that was right for me was for surgery, which I did. And I complemented that with some homeopathic treatments to aid in recovery, which was uh, very good. And the outcome of the actual operation, which was the removal of the of the uh, cancer was positive, but an interesting thing because it, it's, it's, it's subsequently is that t- t- uh, there was some issues in just tidying up the operation at the end of it. The upshot of all that was that uh, I had to have two other um, operations this year to correct problems. So, uh, and, the, and the second operation was a complex hernia operation, which actually took longer than the original um, operation I had for the cancer. Wow. Be- because it had, uh, it had dragged on so long, and as the um, surgeon explained who did the second operation, um, there was only a quarter of the theatres operating, 
and uh, you know they had this huge backlog um, of uh, patients. But by the time I got in to get that uh, complex hernia sorted out, they, um, uh, you know, it, it, it got quite complicated and it shouldn't have got complicated. It just gets down to, and I do get uh, annoyed because I think for all the people that are on these waiting lists, we haven't, we shouldn't have had to go through all that rubbish. Um, and if you look at um, New South Wales com compared to Victoria, it's a, it's um, it's chalk and cheese. But um, anyhow, look, it, it is what it is. Um, but I was really happy with the outcome of the uh, the operation I had for the cancer, and that was a the main thing is that, that was fixed, and I've had all the tests and readings since then, and that continues to be very positive. So. That's that's good. That's great news, Peter. Mm. No, I'm, I'm really like I'm really uh, delighted just the way things have gone, and um, like having these couple of extra operations this year is a bit of a pain. A pain, but quite frankly, in the scheme of things, uh, uh, it's not no big issue. Absolutely, and thank you for your frankness as well. I, I really appreciate how you you're incredibly direct about everything that's happening in your experience and because sometimes it's it's a bit much. Um, I also want to ask you, Peter, because uh, I know that for me at least, something that I know comes up often is is the fear of cancer coming back mm -hmm. as well. So uh, what is your perspective around that? Look, I'd have to say, look, if it's if it's meant to come back and if I'm meant to pass uh, from from this cancer, so be it. Um, but I can honestly say it's not something that I tend to focus on. I just get on with life and um, I really don't think about the fact that I, I've had um, a cancer operation. Um, uh, so from that side of things, it's it's not an issue. I mean, so there are the, the consequences of the operation. I mean, you say... Uh, anyone who has a cancer uh, operation, there are there are different consequences depending on the on the operation and the and the form of treatment. Uh, in my case, because it was a radical prostatectomy, um, there's issues around incontinence, there's in issues around um, erectile dysfunction, and those sorts of issues. So they're the the consequences of that. But look, I just get on with it and. Um, uh, don't think about it uh, to any great extent in terms of it coming back. Um, I want to make get on with my life and make a positive difference in the world. Um, so uh, we push ahead with the uh, uh, Men With Spirit meetings on a weekly basis. Uh, since uh, February this year, we've been doing the Radio Karam uh, podcast. We've had about 25 of those so far. So... I just look at things and say, look, whatever life throws at me, get on with it, try and do the best you can um, and don't focus on um, uh, things that you may never happen. I mean, say so the whole thing with fear, it's about um, uh, uncertainty about or, or um, worry because of an uncertain outcome and you're just wasting energy. So from my point of view, just get on with life, try and do the best you can, and don't focus on things that may never happen. That's the way I, that's the way I look at things, Joe. 
Yeah, that's the way, Peter. I wish I was. I wish I could extract some of that, you know, and and bottle that thing, you know, because it's. I think it's such a powerful way to look at it, because uh, it's it's really logical. Like when you you're saying, yes, it is something you can't do anything about, and you're able to channel your energy in a way that really serves you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Peter, at the same time, you know. You're human. You must mm-hmm. have experienced worries and troubles mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and difficult times and challenges. And what happens when you when you get to a place when you are upset when 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 something you know isn't right for you? Is there something that you that you kind of go to something that you you default to that that maybe makes you feel better? Yeah, yeah, look, really good question, Joe. Look. Um, uh, this is not specifically related to uh, to cancer, obviously. I'm, I'm talking about um, when you feel or when I feel troubled or upset or you know, getting down on something. But what's important to me are my beliefs um, and including the power of the form of meditation I practice um, and the various healing modalities I mentioned before uh, that I receive and I give um, they are incredibly important to me. And so I try and um, live consistently according to my values and beliefs. Uh, one of the things I really find, Joe, that works for me is when I am in um, a deep meditation, I have a sense of connectionness, a connectedness and a sense of love and being supported. And it's like having a tap you can turn on um, at any time, this this access to love um, and uh, being nurtured. And for me, that's probably the most important thing in terms of my go-to is, is meditating deeply and getting that sense of connection and love. Um, the other Music's very important to me, as you, you gather from our Men With Spirit um, <laughs> show. We we do place a lot of importance on music as a way to touch your emotions and that sort of thing. So music's important to me. Being out in nature, uh, whether it's along the beach or in the bush, I find that connection with nature is very um, important in terms of um, being uplifted and giving you a different perspective on things. And just connecting with people. And I find helping other people and getting out of your, um, you know, your uh, um, uh, self-pity, if you like, or just thinking it's all about you. It's, it's not. It's about um, how do you make a difference or how do, how do I make a difference to the lives of other people in a positive way? So I find when you think of um, the bigger picture and how you can help people, uh, it, um, it takes you out of your own uh, worry wart sort of uh, mindset and and makes you think uh, or adopts a different perspective on life. Absolutely, Pierre. I love you that you say that because I really believe that it's um, according to Green because that's that's an ability for us to channel our efforts, our energy away from something that might be negative or mm. something that might be holding us back, and instead directed towards something that in a way is greater than ourselves because when we you know when we make a difference and we make an impact in whatever way you know is significant to you and your way of life that becomes something that you, you, you know we, we experience um, 
we experience the sense of contribution yeah. and we, 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 we get, get yet to redirect effectively, you know, our emotions um, and just our physical energy, right? Yeah, and uh, you know what you're doing with uh, your podcast and everything—it's the same thing. You're you, you're looking at ways in which you can positively uh, impact things, and looking outside yourself to make a difference to the lives of other people. And I think the more that we individually and collectively think about helping others, uh, the better the world's going to be. I think it's 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 we thinking rather than me thinking. And I think what you're doing and what uh, what we're doing with Men With Spirit is the same thing. It's trying to help other people to um, achieve their potential and to be have more happiness and joy in their life. Absolutely, Peter. And thank you for your kind words. But Peter, speaking of helping others, tell me and, and tell us about Men With Spirit because it's a community group that, that, that and you guys have started to really help men to... to find deeper meaning in their lives, I guess. So tell me, how did all of that come about? Um, been bubbling away in my mind for a number of years. And then uh, Steve Angel and I got together just to uh, look at the possibilities of you know, what would it look like if we had a men's group and what sort of things would we, we do. So we had a, a few you know, coffees and threw around different ideas and that sort of thing. And, and part of it was uh, we saw meditation as being a, a key part of our meetings, um, giving the guys a, an opportunity to speak freely and in a supportive environment and not be uh, judged, um, that we include music as a way of uh, encouraging guys to feel more and to... Uh, get out of their heads and more into their heart, as we say. Um, so we, um, yeah, we, we basically fleshed out what we thought could work. So we started that up in uh, February 2021. And uh, it's now, what, uh, well over a year and a half now, we've had uh, weekly meetings. And we've also, Brett uh, Whittle has been running some groups in South Gippsland as well. So... Um, yeah, so it's, it's been going for a little while now and uh, based on the feedback from the guys that come along to it, uh, they seem to get a lot of value out of it and we certainly get value out of it um, and it seems to make a difference and that's the main thing. That's fantastic, Peter. Good on you for doing that. Now, Peter, tell me, you know, I mean, obviously it's all about men and it's all about how us guys look at things and our perspective on life and and especially, I guess, as men facing difficult circumstances. So what I want to ask you is, what is it that you believe is different about us men? I mean, do we, do we have different needs? I mean, do we, do we express things differently? Absolutely, Joe. Um, many men suppress their feelings and they don't express. Uh, they internalize. Uh, their hurts and their pains, uh, they more often than not, they don't ask for help. They'll suffer in silence. Um, and often there can be this uh, sense of not having any hope or it, it's um, there's no hope. So uh, 
But all they need to do is seek out some help to say, this is the help we need and this is how I'm feeling. And, um, and there are people that are there that do want to help. Uh, there are quite a lot of different men's groups that are out there. I mean, so it may not be our particular group that someone uh, resonates with. It could be another style of group. But provided you've got um, a, a philosophy of uh, respecting the confidentiality of the people in the group, the men in the group, um, and that it's supportive and it's safe, um, I think it's well worth any men that are feeling isolated, misunderstood, not heard, um, going through um, andropause, and that was, uh, was uh, the focus of one of our shows um, a, a few, uh, a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. which is the um, male form of menopause. And there's a lot of issues around that. And um, Pearl Rogers, who was the um, uh, our guest for that particular, particular episode, made the point that there was a, um, a surgeon that she was dealing with who had never even heard of andropause, uh, researched it himself, and of course there is a lot of information in other countries, but it's not that well recognised here in Australia. But countries like Vietnam, there's um, a lot of specialist hospitals that deal with this. But the reality is that um, people can, or blokes can suffer in silence, and they may have issues around um, uh, erectile dysfunction, or they, or about uh, their sense of self worth, or uh they're just there to uh, help the rest of the family but what about me sort of thing so there's a whole lot of issues that are going on in the lives of men that they're not necessarily speaking up about and that, that's really sad and we often find when guys come along to our meetings um, it may take them a few meetings to feel comfortable but then they'll start opening up and the more they do the more value they get out of that and I must admit, Steve and I will make the point that we get a huge amount of benefit ourselves personally out of our involvement in the group and the support and um, uh, we get from the guys as well. So it's very much a group that's based around equality, that we're all equal and we're all there to support each other. But men are... Um, are different we we look at things differently and one of the real characteristics is we don't we don't uh, open up and we hold things in and um and if you and even conventional medicine these days and conventional science is recognizing that if you hold in emotions and don't um, deal with them over time those uh, hurts and those pains will express in the body and sometimes that can express as cancer. And so it's very important to um, try and clear those blockages. And that's where uh, one of the modalities um, I practice, which is Hanuman healing, which is about releasing um, those hurts and uh, blockages in the body. So, yeah, we, we are different sort of creatures <laughs> compared to women. I think women are far more... Um, we had another show a few weeks back uh, where uh, we had women with spirit who they talked about how they operate <laughs> and th they're far more open and used to chatting and talking about things, whereas the blokes aren't. So, um, yeah, we are different. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that perspective, Pira. And, you know, you, I mean, you always just, whenever we speak, I, you, you really do strike me as just this incredibly, you know, generous and giving person. I think it shows up in just in everything that you do, Pira. And I, I want to ask you, have you always been like this? Or is this for something, I don't know, set you on your path? You know? Look, it's it's very uh, it's very kind of you to say say that, Joe. I, I don't think it's warranted, but but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I'd say from a, a very young age, I was always very um, keen to uh, to help out and um, and to help, or help people generally. Um, and the um, I'd say in re in, in at various times in my life, I got off track, and you get focused on, um, you know, financial considerations. You know, you got to pay for the kids' school fees or mortgages or whatever it happens to be, and you find that you're focused on those sorts of issues, career issues, uh, rather than um, the things that perhaps I should have been focused on. But what was interesting. Um, uh, many many years ago, I was um, a partner in uh, one of the, the larger um, accounting and consulting firms. And anyhow, I, I ended up uh, resigning and leaving that firm at a very very young age, and going off to join a, a not for profit organisation, and turning my back on that world. And so the um, everyone thought I was crazy because. <laughs> walking away from a professional career and going into a not-for-profit. But I had a deep sense that this was something that was right to do. It, it cost me financially, but um, I felt it was uh, it was worthwhile to try and make a difference, to try and save the world, if you like. So it's always been something that's been there in my life, and I do genuinely like helping people and connecting people. Um for no other reason, often than it's, uh, I see this person, I meet someone else, I think, oh, you should talk to so and so and just connect people, because um, you realise they could both benefit out of it. Uh, I'll get nothing out of it, but it's something that um, you could see that some good will come out of connecting those people. So, um, for my part, I tend to be a very harsh disciplinarian of of myself. So. Um, and I do tend to lack uh, self-belief at times and I have a feeling that I'm not worthy and those sort of things. So it's dealing with your own perception of who you are and your own characteristics that I think are important. And uh, for me, um, overcoming those feelings of being inadequate is something that's uh, a bit of um, an ongoing uh what shall we say, an ongoing exercise in um, managing my own feelings and being truthful with myself. Mm. Yeah, fantastic, Pierre. That's very humbling. And thank you thank you for sharing that. So, Pierre, what I want to ask you is, what is it that as you go through your day, as, as you live your life, what is it that inspires you? What is it that inspires you to move forward? Um, I believe that 
each of us comes into this life with um, a life purpose or something we're meant to achieve in our life. So for me, the thing that inspires me is a sense of wanting to um, uh, live or achieve my life's purpose. And, to, and that means to bring more love into the world. Um, I'm inspired by the, um, the example that uh, my spiritual teachers at Sphinx Spiritual, Ian and um, Pearl Rogers in particular, and others I very much admire, but they provide a, a really good example uh, for me as to what um, real love and dedication and uh, commitment um, and integrity uh, uh, is in practice. Um, I the other thing in terms of inspiring me, I um, I try and focus on the the positives. I accept the fact that there's a huge amount of negativity that we're bombarded with every single day. You just accept that it's there, but if you don't give it energy, I mean, as I focus on the positive things, and um, so I try and do that. And sometimes I'm not as successful as I'd like to be. But I think the key thing is to be positive and to um, try and make a, a positive difference in the world and not get bogged down in all the negativity. Good on you, Peter. That's the way. So tell me, Peter, with, you know, if you had the chance to, I don't know, uh, if somehow you travel um in time or mm -hmm. <laughs> found some other opportunity to I guess you know uh, run into yourself as a 10 years ago uh -huh. is there anything that you 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 tell yourself what would you want to pass on absolutely and i think 10 years ago would have been very um apt i think uh i was <laughs> oh, thinking really? yeah I, I would think the things that I would say to myself 10 years ago would be um, don't waste a moment of your life. Um, you don't know when your time of passing will come. So therefore, make the most of the opportunities and the knowledge given to you. Um, and that includes putting it into practice, excuse me, and taking action. I'm very good at uh, accumulating a lot of knowledge and, and so on, but what I'm not good at is um, is actually putting it into uh, practice and following through and, and turning it into action. So that's something I would certainly um, uh, would have stressed at that time, and that's something I've learned. Um, the other thing is just getting the balance right in your life. And I look at my life, Joe, and I would say, that I've tended to put most of the um, my energy and time into uh, work life and then into um, personal life, family life, and then finally into my spiritual life and my spiritual growth. And that's, uh, that's back to front. The, what I now realise and what I would say to my, excuse me, what I would say to myself 10 years ago is for goodness sake, get the balance right. And the most important thing is to focus on your um, your spiritual growth, then your personal or family life, then your work life. 
Um, so that's where uh, and it, the, the balance needs to be. Um, other things I'd say to myself, uh, to love and have fun and to be joyous, uh, to discover who you really are and be true to yourself. And that's one of the things Steve and I finish the show off every week with, to be true to yourself. And I think um, I'm still working through, in, in my case, um, the full ramifications of who I am, who I really am as a person, and letting that um, uh, show um, more uh, comprehensively, if you like, or more honestly. So... Be true to yourself is something that I think is really important. And the other thing I've just been thinking about just over the last uh, week or so is deciding what is the legacy? What is the legacy I want to leave behind? And I would, in, if 10 years ago, I'd say to myself, um, get a clear understanding that, you know, at some stage I'm going to pass get a clear understanding is what is the legacy that I want to leave when I pass and then set out to do whatever needs to be done to ensure that legacy is put in place. And that's something that I'm working through right at the moment, actually. So they're the sort of things I would say to myself 10 years ago, and I, I'd hope I'd have to have the wisdom to, uh, to actually <laughs> take notice of what I'm being told because I'm sure I was told those sort of things about 10 years ago anyway, and I didn't take notice of them. So, <laughs> Well, that's absolutely sage advice, Peter, to yourself and, of yeah. course, I, well, and to all of us. And, and, you know, speaking of, you know, making the most of it and making the difference, um, tell me if somebody wanted to find out more about men, and, uh, men with spirit, I mean, um, your men's group, your... your uh, your radio show, what would they do? Okay, the easiest way, look, we, we uh, it's, this is all sort of a, basically a, um, a, a run on a, almost a volunteer basis. So we, we haven't spent a lot of money on uh, fancy web, websites and all that sort of thing. So we tend to basically focus uh, around our Facebook page. Um, so the easiest thing to do to get an understanding of, the different meetings we have in terms of events and uh, and information is to go to Facebook and it's at Men With Spirit or you could uh, email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au and then um, as far as the radio show, there are links on the Facebook page to the radio show as well. The alternative is to go to the Radio Carom uh, website which is radio <coughs> excuse me radiocarum.org um slash shows slash men with spirit and uh you can access all the uh all the different episodes there including the excellent episode featuring yourself joe oh well <laughs> yes well, that's that's certainly a highlight peter <laughs> it was it was it was great uh it was great to share this sort of information and um the, there needs to be a lot more conversations about these sort of matters. Um, a lot of blokes, uh, I was really touched just, just to finish off, I suppose, is um, I was reading some information that the number of 
uh, men that uh, that uh, no, look, I won't go there. I was going to I was going to talk about the study out of New South Wales to do with um, suicide for men that had had um, um, prostate cancer, but there's a higher uh, risk of of blokes. Uh, committing suicide, which is not the answer, but the the whole thing is we need to um, do whatever we can to support each other and encourage men to talk about these problems and uh, feel heard and supported. And I think both your show and hopefully this podcast will help uh, get blokes to do a lot more um, opening up and being supported. Thank you so much, Pires. Such a pleasure to have you. And thank you for what you do out in the world and, and making a difference, helping others, help men get in touch with themselves and get the support that they really need in a challenging time. So thank you, Pira. Thank you, Joe. And uh, thank you very much for your program. And thanks for having me on. Well, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed that interview and found it informative. If you're a man in your 50s listening to this, We hope it encourages you to go out and get your prostate checked. And if you're living with prostate cancer or any cancer, we hope it helps you open up more and share how you're feeling with those around you. There is powerful healing to come from sharing and opening up to others about the troubles in our lives and also giving them the opportunity to help in any way they can. As we wrap up another Men With Spirit episode, a reminder that all information and links about our shows are available on the Radio Karam website, which is radiokaram.org, or via our Facebook page. If you want to attend any of our Men With Spirit gatherings, event details, including how to register, are also on the Men With Spirit Facebook page, which is at Men With Spirit. Or you can email us on connect at menwithspirit.com.au. Thank you again to Joe Bamutsky for the permission to replay his podcast today. Thank you to all of you for listening. Remember, September 6th is Are You OK Day, and we have a very special show lined up for you. We'll be back on air next Thursday at 4 p.m. Until then, be true to yourself.